It's time to go into business for yourself. Get ready for another episode of the Franchise Academy Podcast. Education, insight, and inspiration. Here's your host, small business and franchise expert, Tom Scarda. Welcome to the uh, Franchise Academy. And this is uh, an exciting day for me because I have one of my mentors with me, Steve Harrison, who is the co-founder of the Publicity Summit. And he is based in Philadelphia. He has helped more than 1,500 entrepreneurs and authors and experts get free publicity on radio, TV, print, online, and I am actually one of them. And Steve, I don't even, even know if you know, I was on Inside Edition about two weeks ago. <laughs> so that's exciting. <laughs> He's helped people get on Fox News Today Show, Good Morning America, and many other media outlets. Uh, his company has launched such great books, such, such as Rich Dad, Poor Dad, which my son is reading right now, and Chicken Soup for the Soul by Jack Canfield. Uh, I got to meet Jack through uh, Steve. And he offers something we're going to announce this later, but you can write it down now just in case you have to jump. Three publicity tools for free. You just go to bestsellerpublicitytools.com. Again, bestsellerpublicitytools.com. Steve, I want to welcome you. Hey, it is just awesome to be on your show. You know, I've been hearing great things about it, and it's been just exciting to see you uh, and help you not only get media, but now become media. And your show is, is fantastic. And I'm just enjoying looking forward to chatting with you, man. Yeah. This is like just so amazing. So when I was working with Steve, he has something called a quantum leap program. I was doing two to three radio shows a week around the country. I was on all different media platforms. Still to this day, I have reporters now calling me. I don't really even have to pitch reporters. I, I was just, in uh, AP, Associated Press did something and got picked up by 60 major newspapers in the United States about why businesses fail. And so I told my story that you helped me with, Steve, about failing in my second franchise, which absolutely made me an expert. <laughs> it's, it's a good point. You know, I think a lot of times, you know, people don't realize that they can get publicity. I mean, I, I've as you know, it's helped over 15,000 entrepreneurs, experts, people get publicity. And, and a lot of times it's actually your story of failure, your story of struggle, which can get you booked. And, and the media is in the business of telling stories. And so the fact that, hey, you can relate to people's pain and, and have, a, have a story, I, I think a lot of people don't really see that as the asset that, that it can be. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I hid that story for a long time because I was embarrassed. I failed. Yeah. And now when I tell people that they feel like a trust, they feel uh, an authentic person talking to them, which is true. I'm, I'm really just here to help people figure out franchising. So, so I, I'm grateful for that. But I want to ask you, because I have a bunch of questions here. So I'm looking down on my sheet. So what publicity, what, what can publicity do for a business in your opinion? You know, any business wants to increase sales. They want to make the, they want to attract more clients. And what's really powerful about publicity is that you essentially are getting free 
airtime, free exposure. You don't have to pay a penny to be on that show, whether it's radio, TV, podcast, or online. You know, you're getting free exposure, but also it's more credible because it's not advertising. And as a result of that, whether you want to get more people on your list, whether you want to have more people coming, getting more traffic to your website, a lot of times what people also don't realize is that it makes your business more valuable in terms of ultimately maybe selling your business. It distinguishes you from the competition, you know, allows you to raise your prices. I mean, when you can put things like, you know, as seen on ABC on your website, it gives you just a real credibility. And this is something that even your salespeople, as they're out there trying to maybe, whether they're selling franchises or whatever it is that they're selling, the fact that they can point to publicity that you've gotten, or here's this interview with the CEO, it really lifts uh, so many things. I remember going way, way back, as you know, I've been in this business now for 30 years, right out of college, I've been doing this all my life. But I remember, Tom, when Fred DeLuca was doing radio interviews to promote Subway, you know, I mean, it, it's just like it lets you tell your story. Yeah, yeah. The, the great Fred DeLuca, God, God rest his soul, he was a great gentleman and had the privilege of meeting him and passing in the International Franchise Association. But yeah, it, it's all about being able to tell your story, which is really a phenomenal thing. I just want to mention that. You know, I've, I've been down to the headquarters in Philadelphia where, uh, where Steve sits and, and his whole team. And the team is some of the most gracious people I've ever met. Everyone from, you know, Carl, who's, who's doing the, uh, the technical stuff and all the coaches and, and Jeffrey Berwin, who we've had on this podcast telling about how to tell stories. So anything that you want to learn A to Z about marketing and publicity is all under one umbrella in something called the Quantum Leap Program that Steve's team administers. So if, you, if you're starting to write a book or if you, you don't even know how to start, Steve has a team for that. If, if you want to do public speaking and you don't know where to start, you don't know where to, how to do your first speech, there's a team for that. You want to do a TED Talk, there's a team for that. <laughs> you want to do um, an online program, there's a team for that. And it's inexpensive, you know, comparatively speaking, because I've been in different marketing groups around the country with different mentors. And, and it's really a great value. I, I can't say enough about it. My wife, Gina, has gone through it. And we've all become great friends. I mean, the teams, even, you know, your family, Laura, everyone are just great people. Well, you know, I tell you, you know, what I love about what you've got, Tom, is you've got, you know, expertise and you're committed to helping people and getting it out there. And I think a lot of times people think that they have to have, first, they have to have a book or they first have to be you know, super famous in order to get publicity. And, and you don't, you have to, if you know more than the average person driving up and down the highway about your topic, then that means in, in, a, in a way, in quotes, you're, you're an expert. You're more of an expert than the average person. And I think that by just being willing to put yourself out there, and, and answer questions and propose an idea for a show to whether, uh, or, a, or a story, good things can really happen. And that's what we've really seen again and again and again. 
Yeah, it's it's amazing. So I guess it was in maybe 2015 we were together and you said you should talk a little bit about, you know, being a subway conductor and how that works and how you got from subway conductor to franchise expert and all that stuff. So I did a little article and it got picked up by uh, Entrepreneur Magazine. Fast forward five years later, I guess, and just two or three weeks ago, I get a phone call and the guy says, hey, my name is Larry. I'm a producer for Inside Edition. We see that you're a subway conductor. Would you mind commenting on this this kid who's pulling, you know, the the cord on the trains? And I was like, well, sir, I, I'd be honored, but I haven't been on the, you know, the trains in years. I've, I've been in franchising for 20 years. He said, let me ask you a few questions and see if you can answer them. And, and I did. And he said, would you mind coming down? I said, well, I'm busy next week. Um, he says, no, I'm talking about this afternoon. And <laughs> I went down, I went to Manhattan. We, we shot this thing on the trains. It was so much fun. That night, it, w- it was on Inside Edition. And wow. uh, it was all because of a little thing you actually said to me kind of in passing. You probably don't even remember it. Talk about being a conductor. And not that that was about franchising, but it was really good practice for me, you know, to be, you know, in the, on camera and in, you know, in the moment answering questions for that reporter. It, it was brilliant. So I, I appreciate, you know, th- those little things that you've done that you probably don't even know about. Well, thanks so much. And, you know, and I think that, uh, you know, we're both in the business of giving people ideas. And, you know, a lot of times a new idea can, can go a long way. I mean, I, I was, I've, I've just seen a lot of times we're all so close to what we do. And then when you get somebody who can look at what you, who you are and what you've done and can give you an idea to, hey, this, you know, a lot of times that's what I do, right, is give people, show them what they have that the media would be interested in. Right. And I think it's just really shocks people. Really? They'd really be interested in my conductor story. Yep. They'd really be interested in what I know about this. But, but see, people, we all take for granted our expertise. Right. So you're so right. Because I, I, I didn't believe it either when we first met. I was like, oh, you know, yeah, I just, you know, I want to, you know, talk about franchising. And, and you're like, yeah, you should do this and this angle, your background. And, and we, we created a whole you know, theme about what I do. Uh, and it's just been, been absolutely amazing. Amazing, amazing, amazing. And I, I think that, you know, what's great, probably I would imagine people that, that are in your audience, they probably know the importance of sales and persuasion and, and probably a lot of them are pretty good at it. The one thing that's different is that when you're selling or persuading the media, what instead of saying, hey, we have this really great franchise or we have this really great product and here's, here's what's so great about the product. Actually, when you're selling to the media, what you want to do is you want to say to them, first, you want to know their format. You want to say, hey, I understand, like in your case, I understand you've got this podcast for uh, the Franchise Academy for people that are interested in finding a franchise and here's a show idea. I would be very happy to be interviewed on, you know, the biggest thing people miss when picking a franchise or how to find money that they don't know about, you know, something like that, but something that would be relevant to them. And a lot of times people just talk about why their product is great, but they don't think about how to pitch it as a story idea. Or as an interview that really fits a certain format for the media. I bet you get offered, people want to be on your show and they're just, a lot of times they're just off the mark. But if they knew what they were doing, they maybe perhaps could be on the mark. Well, you know, you're so right about that. And I do get random requests to be on the show. And 
you know, people are off the mark all the time. And then every once in a while, you know, as an example, I got a, a great pitch for a guy who's an accountant. He's just an accountant in, in Knoxville, Tennessee. And I had him on the show last week because the pitch was great. He had a story that really, yeah. fit. He, you know, he's helped franchises. He's seen mistakes that franchisees are making that he could fix if they just knew this little nugget. I was like, you're on the show. And, and it was it was a great show. Oh, my goodness. It was so good. And, and it was all about the way it was pitched to me because I, I was like, my listeners want to hear this. Right. It's kind of like, you know, people send out press releases. Sometimes people say, well, I've sent press releases out and haven't gotten much. Well, that's because you don't know how to write the press release. Right. You know, I have a, a, a client of mine who's a CPA and I taught him how to write press releases. And one time when the, the he, he gives a lot of advice about investing in China and the stock market in China had gone down, he immediately sent out a press release saying many investors are wondering what to do about the fact that the stock market in China went down. And the fact that he was able to instantly send out that press release on a timely topic, I mean, he got in Associated Press, Reuters, he's been on CNBC. And look, he's a CPA. There are lots and lots and lots of CPAs out there. Right. A lot of times people want to know, how are you going to stand out? Well, if you give the media a unique hook and if you can even be timely, then they're looking for experts. I mean, they have to do stories. They have to have fresh people to interview. And you just have to know how to put the pieces together. Yeah, I, I agree. And, you know, one thing that you taught me is that, you know, actually two major things is one is they need me as much as I need them based on what you just said. And the other thing is when you don't hear it back, it doesn't mean no. <laughs> oh, man. That's true. You know, I have one of my clients is a uh, actual a financial advisor who is working on a new book because, as you know, that's something else we, we help people do. But she wanted to get a quote from the CEO of Starbucks and she was emailing and she was reaching out. She wasn't hearing. And I say, look, silence never means no. Make them say no. And it turns out just with some more persistence uh, she ended up landing this quote. He gave her a wonderful endorsement for her book. And so silence never means no. It just means silence. Even though you're convinced in your head that, oh, I, you know, this person would be getting, they, they must not like me. They must not be interested. They're just busy. And they expect you to follow up. And the media is definitely that way. They do expect you to follow up. At the same time, if you craft a story in a way where they, if it's compelling, they're going to say, they're going to go from maybe arms folded saying, well, tell me where to, oh, wow, can I, can you be on tomorrow? And, and that's exciting to see. Yeah. And, and, and it is all that technique. So I did attend the publicity summit. You do it twice a year in Manhattan. Is that right? Correct. We do it right in New York. Right? Yep. And, and so I remember, I mean, fondly, the training. So there was like 30 days of training uh, on the phone ahead of time to be able to pitch the media. And then you walk into the room and there's 104, if I remember correctly that day, 104 media people. And, and I, I remember the first person I met was a wonderful lady named Jennifer Hammond from Sirius XM Radio. And she sat down with me and she's like, listen, what you're saying is a little bit off the mark. Let me show you how to do this. And, and so she helped me with the pitch and, and I've been on her show on Sirius in the studio three times, maybe four times now. 
And it's been a, just a wonderful experience. So if, if you are, you know, you're listening to this now and you're struggling with how to get your name out there and, and how to be, you know, the next best thing in your particular industry, even if you're a franchisee, you should be an expert in that industry. Steve's team could teach you how to do it. So Steve, what, give me that bestsellerpublicitytools.com. Again, we're not done. I just want to say it now. Yeah. So I was thinking about just what I could do for your listeners and just giving them some free training and some resources. And so uh, what I've done is put together, you know, I've shown them an actual email pitch that instantly got the Today Show to call me back and say, we want this guest. And we also have a training where we have some national TV producers would teach you how to get on TV and also how to come up with hooks for to, to get media attention, some of the best strategies for publicity of all time. So I figure I just would put this together as a, as a resource and people can get it if they simply go to bestsellerpublicitytools.com, bestsellerpublicitytools.com. Those are all free resources and then they can get other trainings from us as well if they're interested. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm going to put that on the website in case you're driving, listening to this podcast or jogging through uh, a park somewhere in America. It is bestsellerpublicitytools.com. It'll be on the website, franchiseacademy.com. So that, that's absolutely wonderful. And so what are the biggest mistakes you see people make as, as they're out there trying to do this, get publicity? I think the uh, some of the biggest are just they they just don't think that the media would be interested in them. They say what they don't have. I don't have a book. I'm not as successful as so and so, and they don't really look at it as what do I have, you know. And as I said, if you know more than the average person walking up and down the street, there's media that will interview you, no question about it. The other mistake is they emphasize the product rather than the story. You know, the idea behind. So I was sitting next to a guy one time at a a seminar. He said, Steve, I know you're like the publicity guy, but I don't think I could get publicity. And I said, why is that? He said, well, I don't have a book. Okay. Well, I've helped a lot of people who don't have a book. I said, what do you do? He says, well, I have a company. And what we do is we we work with companies. We screen resumes uh, for job applicants and things. And I said, okay, so you find out who's lying on their resume. He said, yeah, that's right. That's okay. So, you know, he came to the publicity summit because he realized, hey, I do have something. I have a story. And I think that's the big thing, Tom, just as you know, the willingness to say, you know, I'm not quite sure what I have, but I think I've got something. And he was willing to do that. He was willing to say, let me go to New York for a couple days, meet media, learn how to just put uh, put my media message together. And sure enough, you know, it was, the, the hook really was the worst time to lie on your resume, you know, <laughs> and he got booked on Fox News. One of the things that he learned from us is try to make your idea interactive so that the actually, he, he had the host apply for a, a bogus degree and for a couple hundred bucks was able to get a diploma and it made a great story. And they even called him the human lie detector, you know, and he ended up getting that press. And sure enough, companies were now calling him saying, we've got to have you, you know, work with our people. Plus in his own marketing, he had a powerful clip that his salespeople could show that really would help them convert. So it, you know, it's, 
it didn't take long for him to make an extra hundred grand of just sales. And that's the power of publicity. It, it really is the power of publicity, but it, and it's the power of the story, right? This is what we were talking about with Jeffrey Berwin, who's, who's on your team teaching storytelling. And you and he both were, you know, helped me get the story out myself of myself, which is real quickly. And I know you heard it, but I, I got to share it because it, it doesn't not only for media, but really in any situation, but I was talking to a reporter from the New York Times and she said, well, t- tell me your background. What, you know, she was like confused, like, you know, so instead of saying, oh, I'm a franchise expert and I'm great and I know every franchise in America, blah, blah, blah. I said, well, let me tell you, I used to be a subway conductor. And then one day an old timer said to me, hey, kid, it's a great job, but you'll always have a shirt on your back. It'll never be a silk shirt, but you'll always have a shirt. And that's when I decided I'm going to be a business owner. And then I realized that franchise has, is a business with training wheels. And so she's like, wait a second, back up. Oh, my God. And then we were on the phone. I don't know how long. She said she needed 15 minutes. We're on the phone for about an hour and 15 minutes. And, and she used me three different times. So it's just about having that little hook that separates you from everybody, right? Yeah. Oh, totally. But again, but, you know, kudos to you because you were willing to put yourself in a place for a couple days where you could, you know, stumble forward. And these media need stories. They're looking to discover people. And my publicity summit is really like speed dating with the media, you know, where, and, and, you know, one of the things that sometimes people ask me, like, how did you and your brother come up with this idea of the publicity summit? Well, I used to do panel discussions. Like I used to have 300 people in the audience and I'd have three or four top TV producers, like from the Today Show and Good Morning America. And people were paying to learn how to get publicity. But I, I, and I noticed though, at the end, everybody would rush up and want to meet them, but they couldn't because there was 300 people in the room. But I thought, well, what if we did an event where we, we actually made it the emphasis wasn't just to teach people, but the emphasis was really where people could have one-on-one time to pitch their idea, to connect with the media one-on-one. And that's, what's been so exciting, you know, to have people get in the New York times, to have people get, written up in Entrepreneur and the Today Show and Good Morning America and people who'd never before had gotten, you know, national press. Because the fact is, people would rather hear from you than a publicist. They often think of PR people like telemarketers. This is somebody who's being paid to call me, being paid to give me a bunch of stuff, but is the person I would interview going to be any good? Mm. And, you know, when they meet you, they can hear your passion. They can ask you the questions and, and, and you can, you know, answer them. And they say, hey, this guy would be really a great story. And that's what they're looking for. Right. And I, I've, I've heard TV producers say, you know, the first time we put somebody on the air, everybody holds their breath to see how the person's going to do in front of the camera because it could be a bust. <laughs> it's yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's where a little training comes in. But the good news is once you break through, you know, then, you know, we had a guy, for example, who's a psychiatrist, but there's lots of psychiatrists out there, but he wanted to get on national TV and came to the summit, met the Today Show producer, got booked on the Today Show. And now he's been on again and again and again, and even got his own TV show. Because once you make that cut, you're, you know, everything really changes. And and that's what's exciting. But, you know, even like you mentioned, Robert Kiyosaki with Rich Dad, Poor Dad, you know, when they called us, his wife called us, they had a thousand copies of that book in the garage. 
And she said, look, you know, we hired a PR firm. They didn't do anything for us. Can you help us get some press? And so we, we got him on radio talk shows, on dozens of radio talk shows. And he just, he just found that by saying, they'd ask him, uh, Tom, they'd say, where's your book available? At the time, he'd say, my book's available everywhere. His book wasn't available anywhere <laughs> other than his garage, you know. But because he started that groundswell of just exposure and publicity, doors started to really open. And he actually sold his first 250,000 copies of a self-published book. And that, and he hit the New York Times bestseller list just from that. And I think that, you know, one of the things that made him good on the air is he would counter myths. So what are some myths that people believe? Mm -hmm. And he would say, well, people believe your house is an asset, but it isn't. And he Mm -hmm. would redefine what an asset is. And so I think that it just goes to show the power of daring to get your message out there. Uh, You don't have to leave your home or office, especially nowadays with all these great podcasts like yours and things. And it can have a real ripple effect. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And, and it's so funny because that book changed my life. Probably Rich Dad Poor Dad is the reason I'm a, uh, I'm a franchisee now or, or a franchise owner. Because I, I, I remember clearly reading that book on the Long Island Railroad going into Manhattan every day. And I'm like, man, I, I need to do this. This is like so crazy. And now my son, who's 25 and he's in the franchise business also, uh, he's reading it. And, and so he calls me every couple of days and said, you know what? This, you know, and it, it's such a good book. Highly recommend it. I want to ask you, do you think that franchise owners have kind of a special advantage in getting publicity? I think they do. Because I think that there's a certain when you're, when you're, you know, there's, you're part of a franchise that means there's other people who've been successful doing it. It's not like you're just a one man band all by yourself. There's something to point to other people have had success. The other thing is a lot of times, and you know, I, I realize this isn't always true, but it strikes me that a lot of times franchises they do something visual. So if it's a restaurant business, there's something that could be shown on TV. There could be photos and media love that. You know, they want to picture, you know, like one way for like a restaurant or a bar to get publicity is to like create a drink, you know, to celebrate, you know, if there's a presidential debate going on, maybe you create a drink named after one of the candidates. That's enough just to have the cameras come in and interview the, you know, in the restaurant. And so I, you know, there's, there's a lot of visuals a lot of times that I think, you know, a franchise owner has because now they can bring their camera and they can bring photographers in. You've got customers, you've got a whole, you know, you've got like a legit business. Right. That isn't just one person working out of their house. Yeah. Yeah, that's so true. So true. I wanted to um, ask you about why do you think people kind of don't pull the trigger and stop themselves from being successful, whether it's, you know, getting into a franchise or they have a franchise, but they are not successful for whatever reason. And I'm trying to get from you. Why do you see people stop in their tracks? And, And it could be just getting publicity, you know, like in your world. Right. I think whether it's publicity or sales or marketing, it can be scary. You know, it's, it can really definitely be nerve wracking. Oh, you know, what am I going to get asked or, you know, calling on that account 
and you can have you you just it's just only natural very often to have doubts mm-hmm. in your mind of and fears and so we let that a lot of times you know it's easy to allow that to keep you stuck mm-hmm. and i think the thing that's always helped me in that and i've even in my i gave a tedx talk about this which is you know how to sell by coming from a place of service and, and really love and service, you know? So when you focus on helping other people and whether that's helping the media, whether that's helping people who need a new business opportunity, whether it's a possible partner that you want to align with. And yeah, maybe you do, maybe it could be a big deal for you and you want the money and you want that, that's fine. But a lot of times when you're just so focused on yourself and what you're doing, mm-hmm. it, you get tight. But when you focus on, okay, well, yeah, it'd be good for me and I want it for me, but how is this a good deal for the partner? How is this a good deal for the prospect? How is this a really great show for the media person? And come from that place. Now you are coming from a place of love and service and you're, you're proposing an idea and you can get excited about because it's a true win-win. That's what I find really helps me and helps my clients. Yeah, that's brilliant. I love that, Steve. That is some great advice, and and I, I that was a question I I kind of just pulled out of out of the air for you. So I appreciate that response. That was great. Yeah. Wanted to ask you what you, you know. You're in this business thirty years. You helped fifteen thousand people. More than that, actually. What are you excited about now in in, in ah. media and what's going on? Yeah, I tell you, we've been really excited about doing online programs for people because people come in just to this very studio right where I am right now. And the fact that you can, you know, if, if you could do a one day seminar on a topic, you know, and I imagine probably a lot of people that are listening to your show watching or watching us, they probably have six to eight hours of material that they could with a little bit of planning, they could teach. And if you were going to do a one-day workshop, you probably, you know, you you would think about what you what you can teach. Well, now you can do that, and you can be looking into a camera, and that can be put online, and you can be making really passive income of people. We've sold over forty million dollars worth of training programs and online courses, and it's so awesome. I've had people just I did an event last week where people came up to me. And they're like, oh my gosh, Steve, I feel like I, I've just spent hours and hours and hours learning from you, but I've never met you because mm-hmm. they you know, purchased one of our online programs. And we're having a blast doing that for other people, having people come here in Philadelphia for, we help them get organized. And then we actually help them just write, spend two days here, look in the camera. We have a phenomenal professional crew and then we do all the tech work and then and literally put their course together for them. So that's been just really uh, exciting and gratifying. It's been kind of a new thing that we've been doing in recent months and, and it's been really awesome. Yeah, I've been, I'm very aware of it actually. And uh, was thinking about plugging into that program because that's my next step. That's my big, big goal is uh, an online program for, you know, how to buy a franchise. So, well, we will, we will practice what we preach and we will have one of our salespeople follow up with you right away, Tom. (laughs) 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 Yes. Joe, Joe already called me. (laughs) (laughs) He's calling, tell Joe to call. That's great. But I think again, it gets back to this whole idea that, everybody has so much that they know that they take for granted. And if they're willing to share it, 
and they're willing to learn how to get it out there effectively mm-hmm. and market it, it's, it can be really useful. I mean, somebody, whether we're talking about somebody's experience, and by the way, if somebody's failed a lot, that's powerful. You know, yeah. <laughs> you can talk about what not to do and what you've learned. Yeah. And I, I, I think it's, it's, it's really gratifying. Yeah, it, it really is. I, I love that. Can you tell me, could you think of the best piece of advice that you've ever received? Wow, the best piece of advice that I've ever received would be definitely along those lines of come from a place of love and service. And when I, my very first job was selling books door to door in college. <laughs> and I got, what was fortunate was I, but I was got around people who, these, these were people um, who, they were Christians. They, they, they really, you know, like me, I, you know, I've come from a place of faith, but what they were really good at was, was integrating their faith with their work and looking at, you know, you'd think that being, you know, what is it? Can, can selling be a spiritual activity? Yes. You can come from a place of love and service. And so I think the best advice has been that and has really been, you know what, when you're stuck or you're fearful, just trust God to help you. You know, prayer, I think, I just know for a fact that he answers that entrepreneur's prayer of help me. You know, um, I've just seen that again and again. And so that's probably the best advice. The second best advice would be work a schedule, work a process. You can't control your results. You really can't. You want to launch something. You have no idea if it's going to work. You have no idea, but you can have a process. You can say, look, what are the activities that I need to put in place to hit these numbers? I can't control, say, who buys, but I can control the number of people I call on. I control how much content I put out there. And so am I committed to really a a schedule, a process? And, uh, And from that, you know, a lot of times you sometimes you, you do even better than you thought. Yeah, there's no question about it. You know, I, I don't know how much time you have left, but I, I would love for you to share with the audience a story that actually changed my life and, and Gina's life. And it's about you years ago acting in a Shakespeare play and getting publicity for that play. Do, do you remember that story? Would you be able to Definitely. share that? <laughs> yeah, how could I forget? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So what happened was that I you know, often say to people, have you been doing what you do for at least six months? And most people have. Well, not, not this guy. I actually had always, uh, when 10th grade English class, my English teacher showed us a production of Sir Derek Jacobi doing Hamlet. And I just absolutely loved it. I mean, just these words just gave me a way to cathart, you know? And so when I had too much homework, I could sit there at my desk and say, how weary, still, flat, and unprofitable seem to me all the uses of this world, you know? And I had this way to cathart. And (laughs) I I loved it. And I said to myself, someday I'm going to play that part live on the stage. But you know, I didn't go off and study classical acting or anything. I majored in English in college. It's about the closest I got. But when I turned 30, I was like, you know, I haven't played Hamlet, and that is a bucket list goal. And at my, I go to a little Presbyterian church outside Philadelphia, and they have a community theater where they do a show once a year. But the thing is, they get a lot of talented actors, people who really do this in a serious way, even though it's amateur. 
And I decided, I, I, I said to them, listen, you guys ought to do Hamlet. It's the best, it's the greatest play in the English speaking language. And you ought to have it where, you know, you, you should do Hamlet. And I knew about a year ahead of time. And even though I'd only had like four lines in Alice in Wonderland, that was my resume. <laughs> I worked with Jeffrey, who had a theater at the time, and I show up to the audition having memorized all the lines in Hamlet. I'm already off book. I've already dissected it all. And I just throw myself into it. And they cast me in the title role of Hamlet. <laughs> and I, I said to them, you know what? You're doing the greatest play in the English-speaking language. You don't just do two performances. You need to do like 10 performances. People are going to come for miles. <laughs> and it was like you could hear a pin drop. They're like, Steve, you know, it's great you're so enthusiastic, but who's going to come to a church basement? Who's going to come sit on folding chairs? And, you know, who's going to come see you play Hamlet? And I say, okay, I'll do all the marketing too. Now, one of the things I'm often saying to people at my seminars is you can have anything you want if you position yourself to be famous. <laughs> and I'm thinking, well, how am I going to position myself? I have no track record. I'm not an actor. But we immediately, we did, set, we did pitch local media on, we said, local businessman pursues his dream of playing Hamlet. So right there, the power, local, you have local media that have to cover local people. And we were just talking about this, the pursuit of this dream. So I got press doing that. But then I knew I needed to get my core market. Now, the core market are the artsy-fartsy Shakespeare fanatics who would drive miles to see a complete unknown. I had to get them to know about the show. And so that was my core market. And then you have to ask yourself, whoever it is you want to take action on what you're offering, what do they read? And in my case, they read the Philadelphia Weekly. Now, when we first went to them, we said, hey, we're a local church group and we're doing Hamlet. We think it'd be a great story. They said, I'm sorry, we only review professional productions. And they hung up. <laughs> and then I'm like, well, I always teach people that when you get a no, if, if the media is not interested, give them a new hook. But look at their formula. It gets back to what we were talking about earlier. And I looked more closely at the Philadelphia Weekly and I said, you know, they have a lot of pictures of famous people. How could I give them that? And so I had a freelancer write to famous celebrities, famous actors who had ever played Shakespeare and ask them for one piece of advice. And so they wrote you know, a letter on my behalf. And uh, a couple weeks later, I start getting photographs back, autographed photos, because I included a self-addressed stamped envelope, you know. And I hear back from Dustin Hoffman and Emma Thompson and Ben Kingsley and Mel Gibson, all wishing me luck and giving me advice. And I then went to the Philadelphia Weekly and say, do a story about a local actor who will be pursuing the title role of Hamlet. You know, I felt like a fraud, you know, but now I have to own, I'm a local actor, which I was, you know, didn't say I was a good actor, but do the story and what these famous people said to him. And the story ran. And we got all these calls and, and, and people buying tickets. And we didn't sell 10 performances. We sold out 11 performances. And I, I got a standing ovation every night, Tom. Now, it might be because they were glad it was over, you know. But I was just so thrilled as a marketer to have this dream come true. And it's just a great example of how getting the word out, thinking first about how to serve the media, 
can really help you achieve anything. It's absolutely amazing, Steve. That story is so inspirational. And, you know, we heard it, the first time we ever heard you speak, which was through uh, another event, you were on somebody else's stage. And Gina was doing a play, my wife Gina was doing a play that won, uh, Frances McDormand, the actress, won a Tony for that play like two years prior. And she, on, on your night, we hadn't even met you yet, she wrote a letter to Frances McDormand you know, just hoping, you know, and sent it out. And uh, sure enough, two weeks later, she got a reply from Frances McDormand herself, giving her advice on how to play the role. And, you know, just thanks to you. And, and Edie Falco showed up to see that play, the actress, and so many, so many people. It was just absolutely amazing. So got you to thank for that. Steve, well, amazing. It's, it's, it's wonderful. I think that's what's wonderful about this whole business of being an entrepreneur. And if you're an entrepreneur of any kind, you are an expert of some kind. And if you're an expert of some kind, that also means you have a message. You have advice, you have a story, you have something. And there's this ripple effect, right? Like I didn't know when I was sharing that story that your wife was listening and that she would take that action. But there's this incredible way to make a difference while you're 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 building your business and so it's uh it's it's yeah. i think it's an amazing opportunity that we all have today yep, yep absolutely and, and i talk about that in my book franchise savvy where you know people who worked for me ended up meeting getting married i mean it, it's amazing things that happen you don't expect that i was just trying to make a living who knew i was going to affect people's lives like that it's amazing yeah Oh, it's awesome. So, Steve, um, one more time. Where, where could people get all that free information? Yeah, I like to give people tools. So um, you'll get a, a sample email to send the media, one that actually got the Today Show producer to say, hey, we want this guest. Uh, you'll get uh, over 100 publicity strategies. Actually, you'll get over 500 hook formulas and strategies. And you'll get a training call with TV producers talking about how to get on TV uh, it's all available at bestsellerpublicitytools.com, bestsellerpublicitytools.com. That is so awesome. Thank you so much, Steve, for having uh, taking the time to, to be on the show. This is some great information for everyone. And uh, I thank the whole team there at Bradley and, and your brother, Bill. Thank you so much. Say hello to Laura for me and the whole team. God bless you guys. Hey, hey, thank you, man. And give my best to Gina. And I really appreciate the opportunity here to share with you and your audience. Yeah, this is great. We'll talk again. And I'm going to see you in Philadelphia really soon, especially if Joe calls me. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All the best. All right. You too. Thank you, Steve. This has been another episode of the Franchise Academy podcast. For more info, go to our website, thefranchiseacademypodcast.com. Remember to subscribe to Tom Scarta's YouTube channel for educational videos on franchising, education, insight, and inspiration.